All right, it's Sunday. You know what that means. Uh, new episode of the Stewcast. Been a minute. Uh, we'll get to that. The reasons why and what uh, the future of this show is in a minute. But I'm going to introduce my buddy on. He's a phenomenal handicapper. He can find the horses that are going to finish dead last in back-to-back races. I think there's a bet for it in Vegas. His name, Tyler Hoffman. Tyler. Congrats on, on uh, you, you can either hit the place horses 100% or get that last place double going. And that's got to pay out something somewhere. Everyone has a skill, Stu. I'm just happy yeah. I at least know what mine is and it's identified. Yeah, that's and that's big. That's real big. Uh, how, was, uh, how was the tournament yesterday at Santa Anita? The tournament was no good yesterday. We, we It was over before we had made a bet. Actually, uh, a buddy of mine hit an ice-cold $300 early double that turned 300 bucks into eight grand. Now, I challenge anybody to go to the track, take 300 bucks, and turn that into eight grand with just betting a double. That is incredibly difficult to do. So congratulations to Rob uh, on taking down that tournament. For Hoffman LLC, uh, it was not a good day. We, we, we busted two entries, and... Uh, we buried United at one to five and a double, which is what Stu is teasing me about right now. So that's yeah, probably you, the worst race United's run in three years. So we apologize for mushing them. Yeah, you hate to see it. But that's okay. The good news is there is a tournament. Well, we're recording Sunday. So it's uh, there's a tournament Monday, Memorial Day Monday, $1,500 one. And uh, I'm excited about it. And we're going to talk about a few of uh, the greatest stakes races on this card. Yeah, we absolutely will. We got a busy week. Me and you were talking uh, Santa Anita tomorrow, today. This will be coming out shortly as you hear it. Uh, Then we're linking back up later this week around the turn. First episode on In The Money uh, Media Network on the YouTube channel. So type it in your Google machine and you'll see me and Tyler hanging out with some friends. Uh, I think on a weekly basis now, Tyler, where where we're going to do this, no? Yeah, it's going to be exciting. I, we can't reveal who the guests are yet for the pilot episode, but the, we got some good guests. I, I'm excited about it. Yeah, it's going to be fun. We, we know a lot of great people in this game. Uh, we know a couple of really horrible people in this game. Uh, so, you know, we know more good than bad. Uh, so we'll enjoy our time with the good and make fun of the bad while we're with it uh, with tons of inside jokes. Uh, I've already got yeah, a, few, and, a few planned and, and it goes to my theme. I mean, I just a, a life lesson that I was taught when I was a little kid, keep yourself in the best of company with our guests and find your horses in the worst. My man, my man. So before we get to this, uh, little sequence here, Hey, look, Ty, Tyler, you, you told me about a, you asked, you asked a question or two. I've had a few folks ask me, uh, I'm sick. I'm under the weather. Uh, the kids gave me the cold. I don't have the Rona. I, you know, I'm, I'm, it's nothing like that. It's just a cold from hell. Uh, but I'm okay. I, I threw some dirt on myself. I'm here. I'm alive, still here. But my issue is I've had a bear of a time getting people on this show. Uh, it, it, it's been a lot of cancellations, a lot of plans falling through because it, you know, home of the brave land of the free etc people are going out there they got their they're vaccinated up they're going everywhere uh and to be honest i'm just kind of burned out for doing this for 65 weeks in a row or however long it's been 
So I'm taking a little bit of a break. The next, uh, the next show you're going to hear will be the last for a little bit, not too long. Still plan on having a, a special show here and there with some guests I've been working on for a while. Uh, but really, we're not going to kick back up until August, and we'll be back August full-time uh, taking you through March Madness. And uh, I'll probably need another break after that. But it's okay because, you know, 20... 20 some odd weeks straight is uh, it's a lot of effort to get people like Tyler who are busy, you know, taking shots of their wheatgrass and, and making up kale juices. It's hard to get them away from doing that. It, it's a vibe out here, Stu, those wheatgrass shots. Get them at oh, John life. Oh yeah. 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 You know how, like they say ball is life. Wheatgrass is life. That's how, that's how it is. It is. Yeah. No, <laughs> you know, hey. little, little vegan, vegan lifestyle out here. I want only organic chicken. Oh, it, you know, the wheatgrass shots. Beach. The one time, the one time me and Tyler ate together, he asked what the name of the chicken was. <laughs> Would not eat it unless he knew a name. Very weird. Well, it's, it's vegan though. No, no one else is going to say this on your show, Stu. But you know, you, you've done a hell of a job carrying it along for for as long as you have. It's been an honor to be your guest and your punching bag. We're still and doing the show most, every Thursday. So. I think the, the most important thing I can say is that you, you, you look like hell and you sound worse. So I just oh, think that I appreciate was something that's that. been on my mind all morning. Yeah, I, I, I certainly feel like the dog's dinner. And, and speaking of dog's dinner, we're going we're gonna to take a look at some five-horse fields at Santa Anita. Hey, now. hey, hey, field sizes are good Monday. Don't give me that. Okay, okay. Let's start it off the grade one uh, Billy Shoemaker mile. Uh, th this is a really nice string, three back-to-back -back grade ones. Uh, Tyler, why don't you take us through the seven, eight, nine races? I'll interject uh, and, and slow you down wherever I have a question. That sounds fair. So, obviously, we kick off the late pick three in race seven, which is the grade one shoemaker mile at a mile on the turf. This race <laughs> looks pretty formful on paper. Smooth like straight, obviously, is the class of the race. Either one of his last three races would dominate this field. Uh, he lost a heartbreaker in the Turf Classic last time at Churchill on Derby Day when he stretched out to a mile and an eighth. There's no shame in defeat losing to Colonel Liam in domestic spending, who I'm sure we're going to see next week. My favorite, he's obviously the top pick. It's him or anybody. Uh, the way I'll probably construct my tickets is I'll just single smooth like straight. I don't think I'm going to use anybody else in this race. For those of you who like setting up the pace of the race and trying to figure out, you know, who's going to sit trips and whatnot, the only contention on the front end uh, to bug smooth like straight would be the sixth whisper not who's the second choice and the second entrant for trainer Richard Baltison here. He also has the rail runner next shares. Whisper not has a tendency to be rank actually showed the ability to relax last time for the first time in the San Francisco mile uh, in an impressive race. Don't know what that means for Monday. I would guess that they're probably going to try a similar tactic of trying to lay off and relax again since he did it so nicely last time, which just means it's smooth like straights on a lead all by himself. Uh, in which case, I don't see how Whisper not supposed to run down a classy, uh, a classy horse like smooth like straights. So to me, this race is pretty formful. Uh, smooth like straight should go wire to wire, four to five on the morning line, probably goes off shorter than that come post time. Uh, that's kind of all I see here. Alrighty, I mean. It, it Knocking two out of the box crazy here. Let's go to race eight, uh, the gold cup, a race. Okay, so I, I'm going to ask your opinion on this. 
The one and two, we saw it last time out in uh, California, basically ran the same race. We know what they're going to do. They're just going to the front. They're super fast, and they're going to duke it out with each other. Is it the 108 buyer is a huge jump from what they've done in the past, right? And, And people will turn sideways at that. Is that more of a product you think of, of just those two being up on the front of the pace and really trying to throw it down? Maybe the track aided, uh, aided the speed a little bit on that on uh, 17 April. What, or do you think that, you know, this is a uh, uh, dressed up race? Well, (laughs) Your question kind of hits on a, on a couple of subjects. Obviously, the track profile, which is favorite speed for about five months now, is a big deal. And it certainly aided both of their performances. They, they ran well. I thought Royal Ship actually ran, you know, even better than I had anticipated that day. I think we did a, a podcast leading into that race. And I talked about the fact that Richard Mandela, specifically after the Frankie Kilroy mile back on March, had stated that they were pointing to a graded stakes on the dirt for the next time. Um, Royal ship had, had always thought was a good one. Obviously he, his record spoke for himself in Brazil and he hadn't really shown it stateside until the California stakes. So I think that one woke up country grammar to me, adding the blinkers last time, I was a bit surprised to find him on the lead. I didn't really anticipate that in that race. Um, I'm not sure that he actually even goes to the front today. My suspicion in the race is that the number three brownstorm with Umberto Raspoli will be hard sent to go to the front. I don't know why last time Kyle Frey took him that far off the pace and closed. Um, this one seems to be the type of runner that um, can sit a lot closer. It can go. So I have a feeling Umberto will be a little bit aggressive early. I don't think we'll see, you know, him lagging back by 13 lengths like he was last time on the turf at golden gate. 235 is the other one who probably will be forwardly placed in here. I don't know that this race is as simple as whoever gets the lead goes wire to wire. I think the pace will be honest. And for that reason alone, I'm looking at a couple of different runners in here. Uh, I'm looking at the number seven express train. It's not noted in the PPs, but go back and watch the replay. I'm sorry. I'm talking about the, the wrong runner. That's uh, Rushy is the one I was going to say something about, but we'll get to him in a second. Express train last time in the Oakland park handicap, uh, you know, ran a nice race, kind of sat the, uh, you know, forwardly play stocking trip like he does was actually pushing the pace probably a little bit more than trainer John Sheriffs wanted. Got out finished in the lane, but no disgrace in that effort. His effort to back in the in the big cap is certainly good enough to win this race. Uh, I think he's deserving two to one favorite in here. There's nothing fancy about it. He's going to sit no matter which way the pace breaks. He is going to sit a good trip in here. Uh, probably sits. I'm hoping no more than three wide, preferably two wide. If, if JJ Hernandez can get over and save a little bit of ground. Um, He's going to, I think, benefit from the a pace that will be, I think, contentious, but not necessarily blazing. And there's a difference. If you have a horse going quickly on the front end and he's doing it easily, though, he's up, you know, two, three lengths on the field. That's a big difference than a horse that is going, let's say, 24, 48, but is in a three horse speed, you know, duel where everybody's pressuring each other. That type of energy expense is worse than if you went 23, 46, for example. So this is the type of pace that I see in here is a 2448, but with multiple horses up there contesting the pace. Um, so I think Express Train benefits from it. The other runner, which I was just about to uh, say the wrong thing about, is Rushy, who I like. My biggest question for Rushy in this spot is I don't know that Rushy wants a mile and a quarter. What I do know is that Rushy is a good, good gel or a good, good colt. And I know that he had his options. They were considering running 
next week at Belmont. They were looking at the Met Mile. They looked at running a race last week at San Anita. The fact that they picked the Gold Cup here tells me that they're not too concerned about the distance here. Go back and watch the Oakland Mile race, and it'll make you laugh. Lost an absolute heartbreaker on a nose bob to buy my standards. And Jackie Joel Rosario, everyone will agree, he's probably one of the top two jockeys in the country. He misjudged the finish line. It's not noted. Go back and watch it. See how aggressive he rides after the finish line because they went to the first wire in this race, not the second wire. <laughs> so I think Russia should have won the last race, turned that nose loss into a nose win. Um, and all of a sudden, people are probably looking at that a little bit differently. Trevor McCarthy, uh, new addition to the Southern California Jockey Colony, I think fits this horse well. Uh, another one who I think will benefit from sitting just awful should be a pretty honest and contentious pace. Um, so I'm leaning to those two runners in here. Number five, Rushy, number seven, Express Train. I liked Rushy myself. I think there's some room for improvement there. Uh, but I, I think there's a lot of ways you could go. Uh, it, it, with the seven, my only thing is, is like with Express Train, uh, you know, close to no cigar is just not something that uh, is is enticing. I mean, I know you're losing to like a charlatan and and Silver State, and and I I got that. Whatever, you know, it is what it is. But you gotta see, you gotta convert a little bit here. Well, see, he did convert though. I mean, basically, they thought he was going to be a really good one off of the the debut. So he, he runs a, a nice race to eight rings who turned out to be pretty good two-year-old. Uh, and obviously ran a, had a comeback effort yesterday and got put in the ground in a silly speed duel, but that's a, besides the point. Then they went to Delmar and, and blows the doors off a field by 14 lengths. Runs back in the grade one American Pharaohs, a prep for the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Goes off five to two in the race against eight rings and is nowhere to be found. So they gave him the proper time off. Obviously something went wrong. Came back at Del Mar and he won like a good thing at six and a half furlongs, which if you know anything about trainer John Sheriff's, the fact that this horse was only six lengths back at the half mile pole off a almost a year layoff was probably a miracle. Um, and especially that he was ready to, to run and win uh, is even more impressive. But again, kind of went through the progression that they, I don't understand the Twilight Derby spot at the, in October of 2020, why they, they thought that was a good opportunity for it. Obviously had a little bit of trouble that day, but Brandon likes the smooth, like straight Scardo field pass who you and I know I'm not that high on, but you know, he still fits those types of races. Um, but then again, they were patient. They came back in the Malibu and that was a big effort against Charlottesville. The Sampa squalls when he delivered, that's the one I thought he woke up in. Um, and that's why I liked him so much come big cap day. And he ran a winning race in the big cap. He just got run down by a horse, with the wet sail on the far outside. Um, probably moved a little bit too early in that race. I think if you ask JJ Hernandez, he'd tell you he probably wanted to wait a little bit longer than he did. Um, and then they, they went to the Oakland handicap. They, they took a shot at a nice purse and he, he ran a game race. It just wasn't quite good enough there, but in this field, I mean, he is the, he is the class of this field, a repeat of the San Pasquale States wins this race. Um, and he wants the distance, which I think is more than you can say about a lot of the runners in here. For instance, Country Grammar, the worst race he ever ran was at a mile and a quarter. Granted, it was the grade one Travers, but I don't know that he wants to go this far. I, don't, I think a mile and eight might be kind of his limit. I do like Royal Ship a little bit in here. He'd be probably the third pick, but I don't know that he wants more than a mile and eighth either. Brown Storm's already proven it. He doesn't even want to go a mile and a quarter. Um, 235, I don't even know why he's in the race. Hayward's Beach, at least proven that he, you know, with the last win at a mile and a quarter, that he wants the distance. So basically when we talk in the, in these, 
you know, especially in the, the graded stakes races and we, we stretch out, we go the mile and eighth mile and a quarter stuff. you got to have horses that want to go the distance. And there's only a couple in here that you can actually say definitively wants the distance and express train of those horses is the one that wants it for sure. All right, let's head over to the gamely wrap it up for the day. How are we getting paid? This is of the three graded stakes races. This is the best opportunity for a price here. And I say that because I'm against the favorite Charmaine's Mia. She's done nothing wrong. Don't get me. You know, there, there, there is no knocks on her form since trainer Phil Diamato took over the training uh, on the Southern California ship from Canada. She's three for three. Uh, she's done it impressively. The last time is the time where I thought maybe she's, you know, kind of hitting her limitations. She was very, very fortunate to win that race. Go back and watch that replay. The runner-up dog tag got stuck in traffic going past the three-eighths pole, which is at Santa Anita entering into the far turn and uh, got the shuffle. Came back on strongly and should have won this race had, had she gotten through cleanly. You know, Charmaine would have been beat. With that said, Charmaine's Mia now gets an extra eighth of a mile today on the stretch out, and I don't know that she wants that. She is the controlling pace in here. Uh, she's going to have to carry her speed but I don't know that this is her best distance and she is due to bounce just a little bit. And I think to take a short price on her in this spot, I think is a bit foolish. And that's why I'm going to take a swing against her. Turf races to me are all about setting up the pace. So we just talked about what Charmaine's me is going to do. She's going to go to the front. Keeper of the stars who ran giant last time against the boys in the grade three, San Francisco mile, uh, Take note that she lost to Whisper Not, who comes back in race seven today in the Shoemaker Mile. Keeper of the Stars will be going, and she'll be probably sitting second. So when we set this race up into the first turn, Charmaine's Mia is in front. Keeper of the Stars is probably you know latched onto uh, you know to her rear. So who's going to sit the pocket trip in here? Because that's that's the best trip I think in turf racing outside of the horse on the lead. The answer is going to Vegas with my man Umberto Rispoli, the patented Rispoli pocket trip. Last time in the Santa Ana stakes, this one went wire to wire, came home with 22 and four fifth seconds. We always talk about the closing part times, 24 seconds. So 22 and four is a good close. But again, they walked early. There was no speed. They went 49, 114, 138. Should have had plenty left. I mean, Stu, you might have ran 24 that day with that kind of pace early. 25, so, my knees are bad. Oh, okay. My apologies. Plus, you're under the weather. I forgot to factor that in, too. Yeah, you got you to gotta add these. I thought you were a handicapper. Whatever. <laughs> I apologize. So, anyway, that won't happen today because going to Vegas won't be on the lead. But she will be sitting just off. She loves Santa Anita. She's seven for nine in the money. Uh, carries four wins. She fits here from a class standpoint. Uh, and she gets first run. And I also think that she's run a lot of her races at a mile. And I don't think a mile is her best distance. I actually think more distance is better for her. You know, she's won at a mile and three eighths. She ran second in the American Oaks to Duopoly, who went wire to wire on opening day at a mile and a quarter. Obviously, she went wire to wire at a mile and a quarter last time in the Santa Ana. So I think more distance is a good thing. And I think that's going to upgrade her. So six to one, I think, is a great value on her. And she's going to set a great trip. After that... The other runner I'm looking at in here, and I'm probably going to odds watch here because I, I want to make sure I take the best value between going to Vegas and Botticita, which is the other runner. So the number nine on the outside, the second Richard Baltus runner in here. And this is where I have a problem with figures and you know the computer rankings and, and things of that nature. When I'm calculating fractions, Botticita is the best closer in this race. If I look at, I'm a Brisnet handicapper. I go to you know late pace last race and those types of things. Photo is not even close. 
to the best closer. And I, I can't figure it out. Go back to the grade one game league, which is what this race is last year. Botticini ran second at 14 and one came home in 34 and two fifths. That is a final three furlong closing time. 36 is average. So this is a second and three fifths faster than what we call the par for closing time. Uh, you know, that's a great close. Then she backs it up in the yellow ribbon. She runs a heck of a race. Claims home in 28 flat to nail Tanahitu uh, in a divine intervention of a, of a head bob that day. Uh, then they laid her off and they brought her back in the grade one matriarch. And that was probably the saltiest grade one field in Southern California in all of 2020. You had two Chad Brown ship in a Brad Cox, um, you know, Vidare, Blowout, Juliet Foxtrot. I mean, that was, that was a salty, salty field. So I can't hold that race against her. She comes back to a track that she loves in Sanita. She's got three wins from five starts. Uh, I think Trevor McCarthy is a, is a giant rider upgrade from Giovanni Franco. She's going to have some pace to run into because I think the pace backs up with Charmaine's man, as I've already alluded to. And I think she comes running. So you get eight to one on what I think is the best closer uh, in the field. So I lean the four going to Vegas, the nine Botticita. And if they run one, two, hopefully I win the contest. I'll tell you, I really like going to Vegas. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little worried. I'm shocked. I'm concerned that we've, uh, we've kind of seen these, these races the same way. Is, is there anything outside of this uh, late pick three that caught your fancy on the card? You know, going through it, I haven't had a chance to, to put the screws to this whole card yet. Um, I was taking a look in the, let me flip to it. The sixth race, which starts, kicks off the early, uh, or the late pick four, rather. Uh, I think both Karen Headley runners in that race have a chance. They're, they're the two biggest prices in the field. They both were coming off layoffs last time, ground attack. The number two was coming off of, obviously, a much more significant layoff of, of a year and a half. But, you know, did a nice job, you know, showing's pace, 21-4, 44-4 last time. And that was a race where Shooter Shoot rallied from last. Shooter Shoot validated that performance or running se- second yesterday in the stakes race at Santa Anita. So the fact that Ground Tech hung on as long as he did in there, I think sets him up well for today's effort, second off the bench. One of my favorite handicapping angles is I like runners that aren't necessarily speed types, but they show speed specifically for, you know, a half mile or so. Because really, they're, the, the connections are using that race off the layoff as you know, almost a, a public workout in a sense. They want to they sharpen the speed. They want to build some fitness in it. And usually second off the bench is kind of the money run. So I like the ground attack a little bit to certainly include in your tickets. Again, I haven't looked at this race hard enough to know, if, you know how strong a play that is. But just from straight handicapping wise, I think that's a, a live long shot to include in, in pick fours and pick five tickets. I'll, I'll throw in a horse. Uh, it, it, it's a horse I would look at singling. I don't think, uh, it, you know, we'll see what the price is. I don't, I think morning lines about where you're going to get perfectionistic. Uh, the eight horse race three for Phil model five to two morning line here. Uh, I watched the replay. I pulled my best Tyler Hoffman um, and tried to be a, a trip note extraordinaire. And this one just, I mean, a, a long layoff uh, between first and second race here. Hung out wide. Looked like it just kind of got tired. I'm going to bet that it doesn't get tired here. Three nicely space works right afterwards. Uh, and I think, you know, a huge jockey upgrade from uh, Bays to Rispoli. It just kind of makes sense here. 
Uh, so I kind of like that one quite a bit in a field that I'm not like, I'm not running, uh, running to the hills uh, being afraid of. No, I mean, just the simple fact that it says four deep on the turn. I haven't watched that replay yet, but four deep on the turn in a, in a sprint race on the, on the grass is never a good one. Um, and yeah, that, that rider upgrade alone is just monsters. That's like going from a Honda Civic to a BMW. No offense <laughs> to Honda Civic drivers. Yeah, shout, shout out to the Honda Civic drivers. Well, Tyler, I can't thank you enough. I know you got to head over to the track, uh, head over to the offices at Hoffman LLC. Uh, folks, we're going to be back. We're going to have a Belmont preview show this week. Uh, so stay tuned getting people worked up then we're going to take a little bit of a break but not before we get you through the belmont that'll look for that wednesday thursday sometime uh for that to drop uh until then happy memorial day to to you tyler to you the listeners cash some tickets uh let's get it going hey real quick let's check in on the dodgers hotline uh how are they doing right now we've lost two in a row we were robbed friday night do you see that home run robbery i can't remember who the left no i i just saw your fans uh assaulting other fans in the stands that's all i've seen oh come on at least we're not pouring popcorn on players or anything like that we're just having a little friendly fun with the astro fans that's all hey by the way uh you guys are you guys are first place right in the west no we're just shy second best record in the majors i think can't, I can't second, help it. We're in the strongest in division the ever. Oh, man. Last time I checked, yeah, it, it, yeah, it's, hey, May, it's May 30th, right? Did, did, does does the season it. end May 30th? Did they run that thing all the way to the end of September? I get confused. Last year it did. All right, folks. Uh, <laughs> we'll see you this week. Tune in. Me, Tyler. We're going to be on In the Money Players Pod Network, whatever, the YouTube show. Check it out. I think you'll have a lot of fun with it. Happy Memorial Day. And until then, we'll see you next time.